Hello and welcome back to the other 99% podcast where we, where we take a step back from the 1% marginal gains that society has become obsessed with and instead focus on the other 99%. Throughout this series, we will discuss all things related to self-actualization and becoming the very best possible version of yourself. I'm your co-host, Tom Osmond, as always, joined by George Cook. I've realised I don't look you straight in the eye when you say that anymore because I always laugh. Yeah, I've, well, I've <laughs> up a bit then, didn't I? I was going to swear then. Are we, I can't remember if we swear on this podcast or not. Do we swear? I think we did last time, but I just marked it as explicit. Uh, okay. Uh, it's all good. We'll keep this one PG to start with. Yeah, that wasn't my best intro. No, it was all right. It was all right. Yeah. You, um, you're, not, you're not feeling your best today, though, are you? No, I've played my first rugby game. a bit fragile. About, yeah, first rugby game in about... I played 20 minutes at the start of the season against um, Tigers as a friendly. Um, but I didn't really do anything in that game because I was on the wing. Uh, and I played 70 yesterday. And yeah, I'm feeling it today. When was the start of the season? Well, there's only five games left now. So start of the season was... Oh, right. When did I move back to Taunton? I moved back in May. I feel like I played that in like July kind of time. June, July. And then the season must have started in August or September. So you've, yeah, you've had a bit of time off in between games. But th- there's one point in time where I worked every single day for about five or six months. You did do that. That was stupid. You're not doing that anymore, though, are you? No, I'm taking, I do half a day on a Saturday now. And I try and not work a Sunday, but I normally end up doing a bit of online coaching on a Sunday. So yeah. I've done that, that today so far. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, it's the end of half term today, so go back yeah, to work yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I had a week off. Um, it's sort of it's, people who aren't teachers think that this is really ungrateful, but a week's just not been enough. Uh, <laughs> like you, a week, you kind of do all the, the admin stuff that you put off during term time, and then I feel like now I've done all of that, I'm ready to have a holiday. Oh, yeah, that I, sense. In my head, in my head um, I was thinking you literally just do nothing for the whole week, but you still have to do a bit of work. Still have to do a bit of work, but also just like life admin that absolutely gets ignored entirely. Yeah. During the during the same time. Um but, I tell you about yeah, I quality... the van last weekend. No, what'd you do? <laughs> I went down to this is what I was saying to you a minute ago. I said we'll save it for the podcast, but I went down to Kent last weekend to get some new gym kit. Oh, yes. I remember you saying you did that. Um, I left at six in the morning, so I wanted to get back before the England game kicked off. Yeah. So we should have been back at three o'clock, hit loads of traffic, got back bang on quarter to five when they were kicking off. So I rushed into the house no, um, and forgot to put the handbrake on the van. So then <laughs> I sat down and watched, started watching the rugby. About a minute later, Georgia came running in and was like, Tom, the van's rolling down the drive. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I, I, I ran out. And in my head, I was planning to try and jump in the front seat and like pull the handbrake up. Um, but by the time I got outside, okay. it smashed into the wall. And then the van got wedged between the wall and the hedge. So I was trying to get it out and the wheel was just spinning and it dug a massive hole. And then where all the kids slid to the back of the van... The door had dented out, so I could, so I thought it was too heavy, and that's why it couldn't get out of the hedge. 
But where all the kit had smashed the door in, I couldn't get the door open to get the kit out. So I missed the whole of the rugby match because I was trying to pull out. <laughs> Eventually, I had to get um, a recovery guy to come and winch it out because I just couldn't move it. Um, luckily, luckily, the kit was all right. But I was I was not happy last week. But when you asked no, me, actually, you weren't. When you asked me how I was, and I said not the best, that's actually what I was talking about. Not just being a bit sore from rugby. Yeah. I can I can laugh about it now. I feel like fuming. Yeah, I imagine you were. Was it a rental van as well? Yeah. Oh, that's not good, is it? What is quite funny is you know when we used to hire vans for building marquees. Yeah. We stopped letting Scott hire vans from them because we just used to break them all. It reminded me that this van was not in a good way. Um, (laughs) Taillift didn't work. It, yeah, it just wasn't good. Obviously, the door was like smashed in at the back, which I kind of tried to straighten out. Um, yeah, it was the same guy that used to refuse to let Scott hire vans. Do you remember Ian? Oh, good old Ian, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up dropping the van back on Saturday night, and then I thought I'll just have to call him on Monday and tell him what happened. But he rang me on Sunday morning and was like, Have you been in an accident? It was actually sound about it. Obviously, I lost my deposit, which was 500 quid. Oh, that's a shame. So that, yeah, that stung. Basically, That's an expensive kit, that isn't it? Yeah, could have basically bought it new for the same price, but there we go. <laughs> I think this is going to end up on YouTube on like a ring doorbell or something like that that you didn't know existed. Someone's got this like recorded on the house security. After in a minute, I'll send you a picture of the wall that it hit. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, anyway, carry on telling me about your half term. You caught up on all your life having, yeah, caught up on life having. Um, is that a lot of wedding stuff or? Yeah, there was quite a bit. Got your invite, haven't you? Did that arrive in the end? I haven't seen it yet. All oh, right. Well, we sent it, so there you go. Um, well, you said you sent it on Monday, so I checked. I think before I messaged you the other day, I checked downstairs to see if it was there and it wasn't. Oh, I'm not again. Lovely. Um, yeah, and then I've just been... It's been nice being able to walk the dog in the daylight. That's been yeah. like the big thing about half term. I find half like this February half term sort of marks the bit where the days get longer and you can kind of notice them getting longer as well. You know, at five o'clock it's not pitch black anymore. Yeah. Um so that's been really nice. Um and just trying to get as much swimming and stuff in as possible. Did my first like actual gym session with all my rehab stuff that I've been given and I'm so weak, it's unbelievable. Uh, like in absolute pieces. What are you trying from... to do? A couple of gym sessions a week? It will be now, yeah. That's all I can kind of yeah. get through. Um, yeah. But I tried, yeah, a bit disappointing. Tried to run again, just didn't go very well. Um, but you back got was... pain again? Hey. You've got pain again? Yeah, just really yeah. uncomfortable. Didn't feel right. Um, probably being the way I am isn't helping that but again yeah it was just a bit frustrating so um you know baby steps it's only been three months but I'm kind of ready to like um so we were going to talk about injuries today weren't we and I think when you have an injury you kind of progress really quickly initially yeah and then all you all your progressions slow down and that becomes really frustrating because you're so used to just doing more and more and more um and then all of a sudden you can't again so it's a bit annoying but um you know can't complain too much yeah Yes, you you essentially detrain, and then you those initial gains are like the first time you start ever training. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was lobbing a 
six kilo dumbbell round the other day and it <laughs> you know still still in absolute tatters at the end of it um but after so long of doing like nothing at all in sort of that domain it's amazing how quickly the detraining comes and i think that's probably one of the things we'll mention in today's podcast of like stuff i would do differently yeah so what we decided what we're actually going to talk about is so i Obviously, for people that are new to listening to this podcast, my background is working in elite and professional sport for about eight years. And then the last, well, coming up to about eight months, if I started in May, is that about eight months? That's the fifth, seventh, nine months, isn't it? Nine months, so best, best part yeah. of the year. Um, so I thought, obviously, this podcast is the other 99%. It's aimed at the general population, which is the client base I've been working with for nine months now. So I thought it'd be good to give my like reflections or observations on how most people train and then what we would do differently. And then we can go back and talk about what we did when we first started training and what we do differently now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Kicks off them. So a good place to start is I feel like most people go to the gym with the idea of, I'm going to try and lose a bit of weight and get a bit fitter, get a bit healthier. That's kind of like their uh, loose goal. Yeah. And then the way they approach that is kind of similar. Like, oh, I'll do a, a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of that. Mm. And I think what people end up doing is not really making any progress in any one area because they do a bit of everything. Yeah. So I suppose the best way to term it is most people, we've talked about this on the podcast before, the difference between exercise and training. Yeah. I feel like most people exercise, most people don't train. And what a lot of, obviously this is very specific to commercial gyms to put on classes and stuff, but people's training program will be, oh, I'll do Pilates on a Monday, I'll do spin on a Tuesday, I'll do body yeah. pump on a Thursday. And I might go for a swimming sauna on a Friday, which is which is not a, not a training program. But they are called exercise classes, aren't they? Are they called like exercise fitness class? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, I book an exercise class, I think. Yeah, which is not which is better than doing nothing, but it's miles away from what I think people should be doing. Yeah, it's yeah. Anything is better than nothing. Yeah. Like working towards those like daily activity guidelines and stuff, but I think people and we'll come on to the nutrition side of stuff in a bit because that's what I've struggled with the most in getting people to change. Because you can yeah. give people a program, you can give them more structure, you can get them to try and progress each week. But yeah, the nutrition is the real. I think that's what people struggle with the most. Yeah. Um, if we stick on training to start with, I don't. I think it would be unfair on the gyms to say that they do their clients a disservice, but it could be miles, miles better than the service. How would you do it? Well, I think it's difficult. They, they just offer a space, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And the instructors don't get paid very well. Mm. So it's probably difficult to think, oh, I'm going to try and like really make this class amazing because you're essentially getting like 20 quid for the hour and you've got to go and set up and do all that kind of stuff. So it's that's not very... Like I think most personal trainers do those classes as a way to meet clients to try and get more one-to-one -one personal training. Yeah. Um. So in a way, you do want to provide a good class, but people rock up. So I do some strength and lifting classes, 
where I'll try and keep like a rough idea of what weights people lift and try and get them to push on a bit and stuff. But obviously I'm not taking time out of my day to write down all of their weights and keep a record yeah. and stuff. But, and that that's the first big thing that I would encourage people to do or do differently if I started again. It's just keeping a logbook of what your training is. Yeah. There, there's a, a guy called Dante Trudeau who made it really popular, beat the logbook. That was one of his like famous catchphrases. And again, like anything, if you take it too literally, you can't take it too far because a lot of people did his training program. So it's like, I'm going to beat the logbook or try and beat the logbook and they end up. So it's that lifting more each time. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. obviously you've took that to the extreme. You can end up burning yourself out, pushing too hard, getting joint, um, like uh, joint irritations or joint issues from yeah, for sure. rising on technique or tempo or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but that that is, so the, the first thing is being really clear on what your goal is because people are like, I want to get a bit fitter, a bit healthier. They don't really know what they want to achieve. Yeah. If most people were super honest with themselves, they just want to lose weight, which is probably yeah. going to be the biggest thing for their health anyway. Um, yeah. And then like most of that is dictated by what you eat, not what training program you do. And then on top of like I I guess I was kind of sheltered from this space from working in sport. And I thought a lot of the old myths that you hear about, like knees going over your toes is dangerous, or you know, like all of that kind of stuff. But all of that stuff yeah. still happens every single day. Like I get people that rock up to my class and I'm like, go down into a squat and they'll sit back into it and hinge and not push their knees forward. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I can't do that. It's dangerous for my knees to go over my toes. <laughs> I, I had one of the instructors come to my class and she said, oh, I don't teach people to squat like that because I thought it was bad if you need to go over your toes. And in my head, I'm like, this is mental that... <laughs> you're the one teaching it. It's 2024. Yeah, you're the one teaching it and you're getting people to move incorrectly. Um, well, not incorrectly, but... Less optimally. Yeah, like not in a way that's going to... Most people have really weak quads and weak knees. Yeah. And then they continue to do stuff in a way that just loads their hip and not their knee. Yeah, just it's like circular causation. If they don't use it, it gets weaker, so they don't use it even more. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of like the starting point. Is that similar to what you've kind of seen in commercial gyms? Commercial gyms, and obviously, I've been working in schools for a number of years now. When I first started, the big one that I would say is pretty much disappeared. But the the big battle I used to fight is um, young people shouldn't lift weights because it stunts their growth. That yeah, was the yeah. Big, yeah, that was the big thing, and you know, even when we were at school, which was quite some time ago now, that was yeah. Don't go to the gym; you stunt your growth. Like, yeah. Utterly ridiculous. People at PT now still say that about their kids. It's it's just not, um, it's not proven in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah. I think we could do a lot more with our young people. Um, yeah. You know, like the kid, kids' park run, I think, is absolutely amazing that exists now. And even, you know, even in the Twitter sphere, which is, um, you know, like the echo chamber for a lot of idiots, um, you know, talk about overloading joints and how it's not healthy for young people. But, yeah. you know, they'll go and play a game of netball or hockey or football or something for well over an hour. But the idea of yeah. running for 20 minutes at Parkrun is, oh, no, that's not OK. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> well, they'll go and play netball or rugby or football, which puts way more load for your joints. And way more. Them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I find. You know, there's a, I think what you say about the nutrition is really, really key. I mean, that's something I still struggle with now. 
Um, I think I'd be in phenomenal shape if my diet was as good as my my exercise, my training. Um, But it isn't. And, you know, there's a reason that that's harder for people because to train well, you have to be focused for maybe an hour, an hour and a half a day. For good nutrition, you've got to be focused for the other 22 and a half. Yeah. This is the other thing that I find crazy is there's a lot of people I work with that will do hours and like they'll probably train more than me in the week yeah they'll train for hours and hours and hours and do some of them will do like two or three classes on a saturday i find and obviously some of them are like more stretching more flexibility based but yeah they're doing huge amounts of training volume in terms of just hours in the gym but they're just spinning their wheels and getting nowhere yeah either because their nutrition's miles off the mark or their their program's so focused on oh I'll do a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of that. They just won't go in any one direction. Yeah. And then like we probably we've probably shifted a little bit, but we still rely heavily on the physiology of we're gonna try and make a muscle bigger or stronger, or let's say muscle, muscle nervous system bigger, stronger. Yeah. Or um improve your cardiovascular system and then they'd be my first two and then after that if you've got a bit of time maybe i'll do a bit of flexibility work that kind of stuff but yeah it's an interesting one isn't it um like i'm not sure how much i buy into it i think there's a a range that you need to have and then anything past that is not especially useful yeah, when you look at the amount of range of movement you need in day-to-day life, it's not it's a huge really quite low. Yeah. yeah, but that's the other thing about day-to-day life. I've been working with this um, like physio-chiropractor guy, um, and he's incredible, but he's obsessed with the core. Yeah. He basically said that my, you know, the double disc slip and everything was because of a weak core. And he said he got me to do some day-to-day activities and pointed out that I literally didn't use it at all. Um you know, it only ever engaged the core when in the gym and even then it wasn't perfect. So like what we do day to day can actually have a really big impact on the kind of next, the performance. It's not just what can your exercise and your training do for your day to day life, but it's the other way around. So now I'm focused on core and posture so, so much during the day. I've actually noticed an improvement like when I'm swimming. You know, I haven't thought about it specifically when I'm in the pool, but just naturally you start to be in better positions and do things a little bit better so yeah it links into nutrition but also the you know do you take the stairs do you take the lift what you do kind of the little bits the little warm centers which is the opposite of what we talk about um yeah. they they do add up yeah because the other so if, we were, if i took this is what i try and do with everyone i pt if they've been going to the gym for a bit i would know what most of them would have been doing it would be some sort of like body pump class or Pilates and yoga and a bit of spin and like that's like their general program so most people this is probably a slightly older demographic um but most of them will not do any sort of weight training or if they do it'll be very token like go on the machine knock out 15 reps rest for about 60 seconds do that again then move on to the next machine yeah um like if we're talking about the big rocks it would be have a training program and then you can literally google any like there's a website called lift vault it's got loads of training programs on programs on there you can just put in how many days you want to lift and it will throw up a load um 
just have any sort of program that you follow, record what you do each week and try and do a bit more. I think you're talking yourself out of a job here. Yeah, but do it like, yeah. if people just started with that. Um, <laughs> their training program would be uh, like infinitely better than what they're currently doing because they'd actually progress. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess it's what people want from it as well, though, isn't it? Because we're naturally quite competitive. And we, whenever I do anything, I want to yeah. be better at it, and it doesn't matter what it is. Like if we're playing a card game, well, I want to win. Um, yeah. You know, so the idea of being in the gym, and think, well, if I'm going to be here. I want to be getting better at it. Whereas for some people it is like a switch off or it is just a bit of exercise and, yeah. you know, perhaps moving around the gym and doing two sets of everything is, is what they enjoy. And, and that's fine. But if we're looking at long-term progression and kind of benefits, then there needs to be a little bit of focus in that as well, I think. Yeah. And there's already a big sunk cost because you've taken the time to drive to the gym. You're spending yeah. an hour on the gym anyway. and you So it's a good two hours out of your day you might as well put in another 10% of effort to actually get results out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but what, and people, I suppose the other big thing I'd say is people want to feel like they've worked hard without actually doing the hard things. Now, nobody likes doing hard things, do they? Otherwise they wouldn't be hard. No, but that people will go to these sort of classes where you feel like you've done something because you get a bit of a burn or your heart rate's elevated. So you're sweating and if you measured anything like their VO2 max or the amount of force their joints can produce, or they'd probably improve a little bit initially and then nothing would happen, but they continue yeah. doing the same thing without ever progressing. But actually, so for a start, I think you should separate strength training and cardiovascular training. Trying to mix them together is just a shambles, in my opinion. That's cool CrossFit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm all for concurrent training, but just... At least if you're doing it in one session, do one than the other. Yeah. Uh, I had a woman that came to one of my classes once. And so my my strength classes are very basic. There's like five or six exercises. You do three sets of each. You take two to three minutes of rest in between each set. Yeah. And in between sets, she was like going and jumping on the assault bike. Um, and <laughs> I, I just think people don't know what hard training is. Because if you've done a hard set where you're close to failure. You need recovery time. You, you shouldn't then feel like, oh, I'm just going to go and jump on that bike in my rest period. Um, yeah, because those things are horrible. Yeah, but I, I just think what people are exposed to in gyms is miles away from what good training actually is. Yeah, there's that bloke at um, uh, the gym you went to in Taunton, though, the local strongman guy with a gigantic belly, and he walks around coaching people. Um, so it, it really does depend on the kind of environment you're in, because, you know, if you go to some of these more old school bodybuilding type gyms, then it's lots of hypertrophy work and, you know, steroids in the changing rooms. But yeah, you know, it really does depend on where you go. Yeah. But the, the, I think there's nowhere that kind of gets it right in terms of a good, so we, yeah, so like one of those bodybuilding gyms where they just, well, saying that bodybuilders do a fair bit of cardio. Um, yeah. Well, I said like people that compete professionally do a fair bit of cardio just your average body bodybuilder probably doesn't do that much yeah. cardio. Um, so they're, they're, they're probably too skewed towards um, like bodybuilding hypertrophy work, whereas you're more like typical big chains are more biased towards doing cardiovascular work. Um, there's there's nowhere that really gets a good balance. Apart from left Taunton. Well, um, so my studio is just... <laughs> Training. 
that I program cardio work outside of their strength sessions with me. Because yeah. I still maintain that if your PT is getting you to do more than five to ten minutes of cardio in your hour of training, you're wasting your money. Yeah, fair. Because you can do that on your own, right? Yeah, you don't need someone yeah. to stand there while you're sat on a stairmaster or a, or stood on a stairmaster. Sat on a <laughs> if you sit on a stairmaster, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Maybe your time's not wasted doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, car- cardio is... And people... Cardio is really simple in my head. But people yeah. overcomplicate that as well. And don't but do this it. Very is a, this is what we've said about... Um, like what we would change and things like that. You know, I spent years hating doing the cardio stuff and now I have to force myself um, to go and do any strength work. I really, it just doesn't excite me the same way anymore. Yeah. Um, largely it- because I'm injured and I can't do much, but I would, if I had an hour, I had to choose. Like it's it's not difficult. The strength training is going out the window. Yes, I'm still the other way around. But most people go the same way as you do. Yeah. I, I think I that's possibly an energy expenditure thing as well. Well, but, well, this is the other big thing I see is people like counting their calories on their watches and whatnot. And I just think it's ridiculous. They're so far out anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There'll be someone like, in a strength session checking how many calories they've burnt. It'll be like, obviously it's not a <laughs> Oh God, I've only burnt 200 more calories. I better do some more junk volume. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I find it really frustrating. Well, maybe you team up with the guy from the Zoe app. I should probably learn his name at some point. Um, <laughs> exercise, Tim Spector. Exercise yeah. doesn't make you lose weight, so no problem. Yeah. Yeah, that is another big big one I see is people worrying about how many calories they've burnt. Um, you're never, what would you recommend then? You're never going to out-train a bad diet. I mean, I've been trying for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably keep trying for another twenty. And um, what would I recommend for people going to the gym that want to be? Well, yeah. If you're saying you can't out train a bad diet, which I agree with, like, how do you phrase that to somebody that has been doing that for a long period of time and and doesn't really see it happening a different way? Um, what how what do I recommend to people that are trying to do tons? So that, that I'll give an example of one guy that. There's three gym sessions, three runs, and about three spin sessions. That's a lot of volume. A lot of training. So like nine the average person, yeah. Nine, ten hours of training a week. Yeah. Um, and is not losing any weight. Like it's clearly you can't do more training. No. Um unless you start to sacrifice on sleep or family, friends and family, or not doing other stuff you enjoy. Um so there's there's only one option, which is to restrict your calories yeah um and like obviously the big reason it's so hard is going on a diet or losing weight is essentially controlled starvation and when you look at it from that perspective then it's obvious why it's so hard yeah it's not natural biologically we want to store as much energy as possible not lose as much yeah um it's just a survival thing so it is really really hard but that's the only way to do it. So like, and this is what I was saying to you at the start, this is what I've struggled with the most with helping people with because it's really easy to teach people good technique, give them a solid program, try and get them to progress each week. That's quite easy. But getting people to control their eating habits is just an absolute 
like it's like Mission Impossible. I think, well, personally, I find it easier to control food when training is going well, though. So adding in training can often like raise motivation for healthy eating, can't it? Yeah, and this is where we both disagree with Tim Spector, where he says it doesn't help you lose weight because when you start training, it changes your identity. Like you start to see yeah. yourself as that person that does train. Um, and then you're the type of person that doesn't eat junk food because you eat foods that fuel you for exercise and help you recover. And your whole, yeah, the, the way you see yourself is different. So then exercise plays a huge part in that. Yeah, I really like that. Um, it's also fun. You know, people that don't do it miss out on quite a lot of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is what I find. And this is where I think bodybuilding misses the mark a little bit because it's all about, you know, what's the optimal exercise to make my bicep as big as possible? What's the most optimal exercise to make my calf bigger? Or, do you know, whatever it is, there's not that performance yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and this is why, like, I guess I'm still refining my own philosophy on how I see that, all of that stuff fit together. Um, and I think there are some places that do it really, really well, but I still think... I would do it differently. Yeah. There's a lot of the places that get that closer is in they kind of have a focus on performance. They do a good mixture of strength training, cardiovascular training. They do a half decent job of like tracking people's performance and trying to get them to improve each week. Nutritional guidance, but they, the way those type of gyms set up, and I'm not talking about CrossFit gyms because I think that's in a separate kind of category, but the gyms that are like CrossFit gyms, but they don't have as many like gymnastic elements and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The way those gyms are set up, they're still like CrossFit boxes so they're, yeah. they're set up to keep costs to a minimum. So there's basically just barbells and plates. And that's where I think I, I don't think they do all of their clients. Um, they don't provide the best possible service for those people because some people just aren't built to squat and deadlift and do these movements that they put into a program because all they have in the gym is a barbell option. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, I accidentally watched a, a high rocks video for a little bit too long on Instagram, which means that my newsfeed is now full of high rock stuff. Um, and I found that quite interesting, you know, I've not really looked at what High Rocks is per se, but it looks like a sort of CrossFit-y type competition, this hybrid athlete idea. Um, and I quite like the look and the setup of some of the High Rocks gyms because like they, like you said, you know, they've got the barbells, they've got the assault bikes, the ergs, but they do also have some of the machines as well. So they're a little bit more versatile than maybe some of the CrossFit boxings that I'm picturing in my mind. Yeah, because that is still skewed towards... Like the end of the continuum because it's yeah. running and then they've got uh i forget what it is now but it's a row a ski i think there's another erg on there there's definitely a row of ski and is running in the actual event oh my god right well i didn't get that for my 30 second snippets <laughs> yeah so the, the i think an average finish time is like an hour and 15 minutes okay so it's pretty tough so say the 8k is uh what 40 minutes on average, something like that. Yeah. Um, kilometer ski, kilometer row might be like another ten. I don't, I'm kind of making these numbers up. Yeah. So the, the, <laughs> and the wall balls and that kind of stuff. So there's not much like it would probably be defined as like strength endurance. Do you know what I mean? Like the sled push, the sled pull, yeah. walk that that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. there's 
Yeah, I, I do like it, but it's still definitely skewed towards endurance and not strength. On a totally different um, sort of idea of training, um, I was watching a, another set of Ross Edgley videos. The bloke's in ridiculous shape at the moment, even for him. But he's just added um, sort of like a mixed martial arts without the punching and the kicking, like a sort of wrestling type thing into his training. Yeah. Um, going back to what the Russians used to do with their GPP training. Yeah. Um, he's now using wrestling as part of his strength training. Yeah. Which is a lot of what he posts, I think, is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like this one then? Well, the, so like the, the, some of the social media stuff I saw in post recently it was banging on about how good pull ups are because there's like a couple of studies correlating pull ups to swimming performance. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's it's not the fact that the pull ups are. Do you mean it's like it's not causation? You're 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 just training the underlying quality, so the fact that people can do more clubs means they can produce more force from their lats. So you yeah. can do that in a number of ways. Isn't the pull up? <laughs> I can do a lat pull down. Yeah. Okay. But that yeah. movement. Yeah. And then, but it's not. It's not even the movement. It's like the either the neural qualities or the cross section area of the muscle you're training is improving so you can produce more force so when you go in the pool you can produce more force on your stroke like it's not the fact that you can go from doing a pull up with body weight to doing five kilograms around your waist no the fact that you can do that means you changed some kind of neural or structural quality that allows you to produce more force so when you go and swim so the way he bangs on about pull-ups because <laughs> <laughs> you know there's going to be people watching that that can't do a good technique and they should go and do a lap pull down yeah, but now they're doing kipping they're, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, some of the stuff he posts, I think he's got a very basic understanding of sports science from doing a sports science degree at university. Yeah. And I like the way I like the way he tries to apply it, but I think he just misses the mark sometimes. Yeah, fair. Um, people follow looks, don't they? Yeah. And like personality, when you look like he does, and he's you know he's he very looks, yeah, but also outwardly very excited, very happy. You know that's the kind of persona he shows. Like he's easy to like, yeah, and therefore and therefore easy to follow. Did you um, see that YouTube video of him doing half squats on the V squat machine? I have not seen that. No, uh, okay. I'm gonna look that up straight after. Yeah. Um, but that's the risk with a lot of like the social media stuff that we don't like is people who perhaps look a certain way and are easy to like and then spout rubbish. Yeah. Then have then have, you know, 30, 50, 100,000 followers and you're like, how? How is that a thing? Yeah. And James Smith talks about it nicely on TikTok where he's like, you don't actually have to be good at anything to have a big TikTok like following and presence. You just have to have posted the right video at the right time and all of a sudden you you know you've got your blue tick and all your followers and whatever and then people yeah. just listen listen to you like you're yeah. like you know what you're talking about but you don't and if yeah if you have good genetics or you have good genetics and take steroids or just take steroids that then gives <laughs> you authority on fitness advice and then yes. people buy your training program you make loads of money you don't actually help anyone but people think they're going to look like you from doing the training that you do, even though 
you've only responded to that training based on your drug use or your genetics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a time. I those bonkers. When you see the like, um, I'll tell you who the person that I do think looks the way that he trains is Joe Wicks. What? Just not very strong and lean. Yeah. Like he's just a lean fit looking guy, isn't he? And he yeah. does his whole thing is just, he eats healthily and he does lots of bodyweight exercise. It's not really training, but he does lots of bodyweight exercise and he looks like I could believe that if I live my life the way that he lives his, I would look like Joe Wicks. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, whereas is, some of these people don't. Yeah. What kills me is the, like the obvious one is like girls with big bums that just post like shitloads of like band workouts and whatever else. <laughs> like do this and your glutes flow like this. No, they won't unless you've got the same system. <laughs> Cause that's not what built them that muscle. You see guys do it as well. They'll be like, oh, this killer like quad workout. And they'll be doing like hill elevated goblet squats or like jump lunges. And you're like, that's not how you got like 30 inch quads. <laughs> <laughs> Steroids and leg extensions. <laughs> but people like people buy it. Um, so you yeah. can't, in a way, you can't blame them for doing it. Like everyone's out there to make a living, aren't they? But it's not very. And like maybe they don't think they're misleading people. Maybe they think, oh, I did this and my legs look like that. So that's how you do that. Yeah. That's obviously not the case. Um, it's, it's unusual for one of us to try and see the best in people there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not do that again. But I, 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 fair play, like people are making good livings out of it. Um, yeah. It's not, not the best advice. But yeah, no. going, going back to what I was saying about people either just exercise and don't do any sort of structured strength training or cardiovascular training. Um, and they just end up spinning their wheels and not progressing. And then they think, Oh, I'm not losing any weight. And it's because they've not got a grip on their diet and they'll try and do more exercise and then probably end up eating more. And yeah. And that probably all comes back to setting like a solid goal to start with instead of just, so I'm going to try and lose a bit of weight and get healthier. It's my favorite. Um, favorite meme that pops up around this time of year is um oh, my new year's resolution was to lose four kilos uh now we're at the end of february i've only got six to go <laughs> and that's me got? every year <laughs> what you put on instagram earlier made me laugh i can't remember what it was now was this the cookies one yeah yeah it was um a website we use cookies to improve performance me same yeah. Just really tickled me. Um, uh, I think that's most of, yeah, most of what, I've, and pe people still generally don't have good technique on stuff, still do random stuff. They're, they're, they're all the big ones, like not following a program, not logging their training, not being clear on what they're trying to achieve. Um. And it's crazy because in, in my head, I think this stuff's really, really simple. But the, and I, I guess that comes on to like, there's probably more misinformation than good information out there. And it is like you can cipher. You can spot misinformation, whereas most people just see something like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So actually picking out what's true and what isn't becomes more difficult because there's just so much of it. Yeah. The other good ones, like, oh, people will be like, oh, I do Pilates and yoga, so my core's pretty strong. And you get them stranded, no. roll out on something, and they just fall on their face. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got to say my physio guy is quite um, critical of those yeah. uh, pursuits in terms of like out and out core stability and core strength. Yeah, like just because you're yeah. your muscle and you can feel it burn a bit doesn't mean it's making your core any stronger. No, not necessarily. And, you know, it's not all Pilates or all yoga that's like that. Um, there's plenty of poses and those things that I can't get anywhere near doing. Yeah. Um, because they are very, very strong. But for the most part, it's not complete. That's it, isn't it? We do need something of everything yeah. to actually, you know, complete that loop. Yeah. But that, that's that. But I think that's when people get stuck in this trap of, all oh, I need to do. Flexibility is probably the big one. Like, I... Well, I I reckon I work with maybe one or two people that genuinely need to do some flexibility work because their range of movement is so restricted. Yeah. Um, there's affecting their posture and then loading tissues that you don't really want to load and all of that kind of stuff. But for most people, I don't think, I think maybe, I don't know how many people I've worked with in the last year, maybe a hundred. And I'd say maybe five of them would actually benefit from flexibility work. But also you want to be strong through range. So it's not enough to just increase that range because if you're no good at the top end of it, then you risk injury as well. Yeah. Well, that's the other big one is people, you get people to do a fit squat and they're like, oh, I need to do more flexibility. You don't, you've just not got the strength to let your body yeah. go into position. Yeah. Um, you can go and stretch all you want, but until you get your legs stronger, you're never going to do a split squat. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. As soon as I see them on the plan, I hate it though. Yeah. No it's one an exercise that you you can see your future for the next two days and it's just difficult walking up and down stairs. <gasps> um, yeah, I, th I think that's, I think that's ticked off all the stuff that I've seen over the last nine, you said it was nine months. I've been, yeah, about nine months, I reckon. Working with general population. Yeah. Um, that and putting the handbrake on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I think <laughs> is the fact that I've got an automatic handbrake in my car, so I'm used to just getting out. Oh, yeah, killer. I, like, I don't want to make excuses for it, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna have to go anyway. Yeah, Georgie was trying to be really nice. She was like, "Oh, the habit must have failed." I was like, "Nah, I don't think the yeah, habit just... failed." <laughs> I just didn't put it on. It's entirely yeah. my fault. Yeah, I'm just got to own this one. I just wanted to go and watch kick off. <laughs> it wasn't um, even a good game of rugby. Well, I didn't watch any of it. I watched the highlights. <laughs> that might have been better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's most of it. Then may, may, maybe we do a follow up on how to actually change your eating habits. Yeah, I think I'd be really keen to look into that. Um, maybe we can try and actually it, implement it then. Yeah, <laughs> that would also be good. Yeah. <laughs> what What are you training for at the moment? Have you got any on the topic of people being loose about their goals? Yeah. So ironically, I. I might have mentioned this last time, I signed up to an ultramarathon in October, which obviously oh, yeah, yeah. a long way away. Um, yeah. Ironic, because I currently can't really run at all. Um, was that Jurassic Coast one, wasn't it? The Jurassic Coast? No, it's uh, South Coast. So it's like Eastbourne okay. kind of way. Okay. Yeah, it's on the South Downs. Um, and then also looking at uh, an ultra swim in April in a pool this time, not in a lake. So very, very different kind of challenge because boredom will be a real factor. Whereas when yeah. you're outside... Um, at least the views I know you don't get to see it and sort of take it in in the same way um, when you're swimming but at least the view changes so this will be um, yeah like a real mental uh, battle so it's looking at the moment the challenge is as unstructured as we've been given an eight-hour slot 
and we're trying to work out just how far we think we can go within that eight hours. Yeah. Um, and trying to maybe target getting up to a half marathon, um, but a swimming. But I think, I don't know, that might be a little bit beyond possibility, but it's, yeah, setting that, that challenging goal, I guess. Nice. Um, so, yeah, working pretty hard towards those, but nutrition obviously needs to play a part in that. And you would honestly hate the exercises that I've been given for all my rehab stuff. Well, um, I was going to ask gonna... you this. What, um, when it, I feel like most exercises, when it comes to working most major muscle groups, the exercises are pretty similar or the variations are super similar? No, know? this is this is totally different to anything so if i said to you what like name a compound exercise in the gym a compound exercise yeah what for like upper lower body Not anything anything i yeah i'd say deadlift squats bench yeah. press and stuff yeah perfect and that's exactly what i would have said um so to use the core more of doing stuff one of them is a kneeling lunge to step with a curl and press happening at the same time and the, you have to show me some of these exercises. Yeah, exactly that. So you almost start in a split squat position. Yeah. Um, and end up standing, but with the opposite foot forwards. And at the same time, you've done a curl to press. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to take some convincing on that. Yeah. Um, and it's all sort of centered around the core. And I've got to say, I, I have improved over the last three months. So I can't, I can't argue with it at the moment. Um, that's quite a complex exercise. Have you have you improved as a result of your core getting stronger, or have you improved your coordination to complete that exercise? I am one of the least coordinated people I know, so it's possibly a little bit of both. Um, but like I say, you know, I've noticed improvements in other kind of areas of life, and I've only just been given this next kind of phase of stuff. So I've only I've only done one or two sessions on that. Yeah. Um, but the the sort of the previous bits that I was doing, all these plank variations and things were absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. And I thought they were really, really good. So this is like the next kind of level, like, making it a little bit more dynamic. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, because obviously when you go for a run or something like that, you're not, you're not static. You need to be a strong whilst moving. So that's, that's um, one of the things I have changed my mind on over the last few years, because traditional SNC was very, um, you know, core training was anti-flexion or, anti-extension yeah. or anti-rotation so you do a pal-off press a plank and i'm trying to think of anti-flexion now like a prone hold or something um yeah. whereas yeah it's become way more popular over the last couple of years to not keep your spine rigid train it like any other muscle group because no one's just training like their quads and chest isometrically so that why would you just yeah. train core like that exactly that and that, that goes back to like Typically, it was seen as like a fourth transfer and a fourth producer. Yeah. Where that whole thing of training isometrically came from. But yeah, absolutely doesn't stay like isometric when you use it in function. That that whole, no. um, what's the word? Like that whole model's kind of been, yeah, disregarded now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll keep, I'll, I'll film some of it when I go yeah. tomorrow because I think I look ridiculous doing it. Um, but it's a bit of a challenge and it's something different. And I also think when people are training or getting, like I need something different. I don't want to go back in and do the same thing every single time anymore. Like I'm past that stage. I might come back to that stage in my life, but I, know, I, was thinking, I was thinking about this recently. And this, this is another one that's interesting for general population. Like nothing like too sporting specific is 
do you actually get bored of doing the same thing over and over again or do you just get bored of not making progress that's a really tough question because i think most people just get bored of not making progress and they're like god i need to do something else because i'm not yeah and that's where it comes back to effective programs are like really simple but really hard yeah go back and do the same exercise week after week and add two and a half kilograms to your to your bar each time yeah I mean, when I'm in the pool, I, I'm probably the least imaginative programmer in the world um, when it comes to swimming. I'm all about increasing distance, which I suppose, if you just put it in a gym context, is... That's, ex- that's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when like, it comes to the gym, I want to do different stuff. Endurance exercise, the main driver is volume. Yeah. Strength training, the main driver is intensity. So you're just doing the same thing. Like, your extra two and a half kilograms on your leg press or whatever is the same as doing an extra 500 meters on your swim. Yeah. Well, probably, probably more like 50 metres for two and a half kilograms. You know what I mean? <laughs> I see the point, but one's definitely more exciting than the other. Well, the swim for you is more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's the fact that people don't progress or see their body change or and then they get bored of doing the same thing. Cause I hate it when I... um, Me and Lawson were I was laughing about this in the gym the other day. He went hard on a set of squats. He was like, God, I did all of that to like match the reps I got last week. <laughs> And it's hard, like it's hard, but that is yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, especially, this is more in the bodybuilding world at the moment. But there's this really big, uh, kind of pendulum swing on making exercises really like optimal for your biomechanics and this and that. But people, similar to people feeling like they just want to like had a sweat and worked hard, but they've actually got no fitter. People wanted to like really feel a muscle group and get a good mind muscle connection and that just takes all of the focus away from just adding weight to the bar, which is what's actually going to change you. Uh, yeah. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was talking about um, what he would change about how his career had gone. So just on the bodybuilding side of things, he said, what would you change? And it was throw out every single machine. Really? Like, I would. Just, yeah. He said he would just want um, barbells and dumbbells, kettlebells, and he would do everything with those. You can still get your overload. But he would he would spend a lot less time um, using isolated machines. Oh, really? Yeah, which I thought was quite interesting from a bodybuilding perspective, where they really try and isolate. Yeah, specific well, muscles. What was the original like hit guy called? Can't remember his name now. The founder of Nautilus. Oh, uh, yeah. You remember the, when I spoke about him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said a similar sort of thing. So obviously he dedicated his life to building the best possible machines he could. Arthur Jones, yeah. Yeah, and he got to got towards the end of his career and he said, if people just knew how to like use a barbell properly, you could get I think this quote was you could get ninety or ninety-five percent of your uh, maximum amount of growth from doing full depth squat dips and pull ups or some something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, super, super simple. We make everything so complicated, but like I say, it's shiny and it's interesting and it's different. Yeah. You know, do yeah. You, most people don't want to do the same exercise three times a week for the next twenty five years. Yeah, because it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it's necessarily boring. If you if you in carried on improving every session, I don't think people would get bored. No. It's um Steve Magnus wrote a really good book, didn't he? Do hard things. Um, yeah. That, that's quite a nice I'd recommend that as a read if you're one of those people that struggles on this. Like, yeah. Definitely give that a little look over. And that, that's the, the one last thing I'll say on what people 
the mistakes I see people do is they'll do a lot of what they see as high intensity work, but it's nowhere near. Do high intensity work properly, you're not doing more than one session a week. Yeah, because you're wrecked. Yeah, like people people think they're doing high intensity or VO2 max work and they're nowhere near it. They're doing stuff. A lot of a lot of the like circuit classes I'll see will be like high intensity classes, but they'll basically go for an hour straight, which like yeah. that is not, the definition of high intensity is it's not sustainable. So if you yeah. go from one thing to the next one to the next thing with no rest, you're not doing high intensity work. You're doing an hour of steady state. Yeah, 100%. Um, and if, if you do high intensity properly, I, I think it's the most, I think it's the hardest session you can do. Yeah. And I, I actually I, love it though. And I, I really I, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think in terms of training, I'm like uh, relatively psychologically strong, but getting up for, there was one point where I was doing two running interval sessions a week and I did that for about eight weeks. And I was like, God, I, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Just broken. Yeah, it's just like like mentally I couldn't get myself up for it. And then you end up not pushing quite as hard and you see your max heart rate start to drop in, in the sessions and you, you're not getting to those same levels of effort. What would it have taken for you to carry on with that? If someone is struggling with that kind of motivation, maybe they're struggling on doing it once a week, what would it have taken for you to keep going? On the So I feel like I carried on doing one a week, but I couldn't bring myself to do two a week. Yeah, but if someone is struggling to do one and you're struggling to do two, what would it have taken for you to do two? training partner potentially yeah something like yeah. that someone's doing it side by side with you who's like a similar like, level like say i had like a high rocks coming up or something like that, that i wanted to perform really well in yeah um and well, I, you could I sign up for another one yeah i'm not going to it again yes <laughs> <laughs> um what would it take I reckon the thing with that as well, I think I ended up changing my opinion on uh, how much you could, or I guess I ended up changing my mind on that being the best way to improve VO2 max, but actually that does improve VO2 max, but only for a really short amount of time. Yeah. So then I think, then I think I got to the point where I was like, I'm, it's probably not, I'm probably better off doing more volume of lower intensity work to make me fitter than yeah. doing these really, really hard sessions. And that I, needs to be a calculated thing, not just a cop-out, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think in my head, if I thought, no, this is actually going to keep on making me fitter, because I was doing a lot of running at the time. Yeah. Um, And I reckon if I thought it was worth it for the outcome I was going to get, but I don't think it was actually going to make the outcome any different. Yeah. And that pain was almost for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to motivate then isn't it yeah because yeah, for, for a while i thought it is it is interesting i think the the um like endurance or vo2 max aerobic adaptation research is if you read the research you can get sucked into the this is the best thing to do to get fitter but actually when you zoom out a bit and look at the big picture and there's some really good papers by a guy who wrote a lot about hit training and they they follow people and actually people drop out of hit programs much sooner and the yeah. people that did moderate or low intensity exercise carried on doing it for longer and ended up in a better place it's the same with diets isn't it there's so many different options the one that works is the ones you stick with yeah like that it is as simple as that you can do any sort of diet you want but if you only stick with it for a couple of weeks then you're going to see no no benefit yeah
And then we were just talking about this at lunch, actually, because there's so much. And if you listen to any of these like nutrition people, you just end up. Um, so my mum was saying that she just listened to one that was saying apples were bad for you unless it's a crab or a spider apple or something. What? Um, yeah, I'd never heard of that type of apple either. Yeah, some like American guy that was saying all this stuff about nutrition. You just think, God, if you listen to all these people, you wouldn't be able to eat anything because nothing. Yeah, bad. I'm actually good googling what's but. It was a spider or a crab apple, I'm sure she said. But anyway, we are getting very off topic now, aren't we? And yeah, you, so... nutrition's not really my area, to be fair. No, but it will be next week because we're going to look at um, the psychology of nutrition, which is slightly different to just nutrition. We're going to look at the psychology of nutrition. Yeah, and what it takes to to make that shift. Yeah, nice. No, I think we nailed it, haven't we? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> Uh, tune in next week for the psychology of nutrition. <laughs>